If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, learn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, we're getting back to our regular format, guys. So this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noldenine, together once a week over a single topic, and from said topic, we come up with a bucket load of your bucket list of ideas on how to get obscenely wealthy incredibly quickly. And uh, we even give you some tips on how to uh, spend that money because you're so rich. You know, sometimes people get so rich and they buy all the things that they dream of. And then they're left with all this money that they don't know what to do with. Yeah. And then they do things like the Koch brothers and they buy elections. And it's like it's boring to buy an election. Anyone can buy an election yeah. if they have enough money. And everyone in the world just thinks you're a dick if you do it. Yeah, exactly. Everyone. What we should do is, uh, you know, buy special houses, buy special boats, buy special planes. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Um, anyway, the whole point of this show is we come up, we take a single topic, get you incredibly rich, incredibly quickly. Uh, and we don't ask for anything up front, no. Uh-uh. Put it out on the airwaves free on some hippie station <laughs> where, uh, <laughs> what, they're hippies. Yeah. They're, well, they're old punk rockers, and all old punk rockers, as they become slightly more conservative in their old age, they become hippies. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I know it. I know it. Um, yeah, you know it. You know it. And uh, I don't know where I was going with all this. Anyway, we give it to you for free. And then once you get incredibly rich, Noel, what do they do? After you become incredibly rich, after you've made millions, if not trillions, if not gajillions off of our ideas, you say, hey, I didn't get here all on my own. Someone helped me out. It wasn't the Koch brothers. Who was it? Oh, yeah, it was Josh and Noel, that show I love to listen to. They gave me the idea from whence I riched. I need to give them something back. And what you need to give us back is 10% of everything you made while you got rich. We don't want 10% of everything you ever made. We don't want 10% of everything you're ever going to make. We just want 10% of the money you made off our ideas tithe us. And that's the deal. If you don't like it, turn it off. That's right. Noel calls it tithing, which I think correctly dictates that we're like a religious institution. That's right. We think everyone will eventually worship at the feet of GRQ with Josh and Noel. Oh, they should. That's our goal. That's yeah. why we give it away. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, Noel, that's the show. That's what we do. I haven't seen nor heard from you really in a whole week. No. How are you? I am okay. Uh, I have been back to work. Um, uh, sorry. Which is... From my apartment still, um, oh. and uh, my partner Nan and her sister, who is up from Ecuador, 
have been watching Baby Nigel, who's a month old today. Yay, yeah. happy birthday, Baby Nigel. Yeah. Um, they've been watching him. Um, and Josh uh, has helped us out. He brought over, uh, well, he uh, earlier he had brought over some food. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to bring over more food. What are they like? And I told him, well, Nan loves soup. And uh, being from Ecuador, she loves potatoes and corn. So Josh brought over potato corn chowder and a loaf of homemade bread hit it out of the park. All they could talk about while they ate it was, this is good, this is really good, this is great, this is good. Nan, who has no two good words to say about any bread in America. Oh, really? Was like, this bread's delicious. Um, yeah, you know, in, in Ecuador, uh, at the back of all their like bodegas, where mm-hmm. we would have a sandwich counter, they have a little bakery. So they're just baking fresh bread everywhere all the time. Everywhere, right? So in every bodega in the back, it's a counter with an oven, and a guy's just baking bacon rolls and baguettes and uh, just making bread. Um, love it. Um, so I was sitting around the other day, and I was trying to think of what to come up with a for a suggestion for the show this week. And I was also like, Nan kept saying, hey, you need to find out how to make that bread. So I I texted Josh, hey, Josh, I'm trying to think of what to do for a show this week, and I'm supposed to ask you how to make that bread and I realized we have never done a show on bread, which actually is kind of fascinating. Bread is fascinating. Yes, it is. No, that we've never done a show on it. It uh, seems. Why is that fascinating to you? Because it seems like something we would have got early on. Maybe. Um, I think huh? the only thing I'll say about that, just, uh, you know, we did go through a period there early on where we thought choosing something that was too narrow a topic. Mm hmm. You may recall we had we had done a couple things that were a little narrow and they made our don't even air list okay. of the three or four shows we never aired and we sort of were early on going for broader topics. Okay. Well there was a sweet spot. Not too broad, not too narrow. Yeah. I feel like you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you're getting every time keeps... I see you, you're getting broader well, and broader. Quarantine, my friend. Quarantine mm. and baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am as sedentary as a person can actually get without being in a coffin at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't know if Josh wants to spill his bed- bread recipe on the show, but uh, this whole show is just designed I, to get this want- bread recipe. All right. Well, I'll give you the bread recipe, okay? Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty easy. It's a no-need recipe. It's basically the no-need recipe that everyone does from the New York Times, but it adds three days of fermentation in the refrigerator onto it, which gives it a much better flavor. Okay. Just more flavor. Mm-hmm. 
and it's a really simple uh uh what is uh what's the word it's a really simple formula mm-hmm. it's a uh, hundred parts flour one and a half part and you can and preferably bread flour mm-hmm. which is part of the deal as well uh one and a half parts salt right one point or 1.5 percent salt one percent act uh, sorry not active dry yeast but instant yeast and 70 percent water okay so you yeah, whatever you know that the 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 loaf that i gave you was about uh, was about 400 grams of flour okay Right, so you weigh out your flour. It, I always prefer to do grams because it's round numbers. You know what I mean? There's generally no like points uh-huh. as you would with ounces. So you weigh out your flour, then you figure out one and a half percent of that, and you add uh, for your salt, and you add that to your flour. One uh, percent of that for your uh, uh, instant yeast. Add that to your flour. Mix that up. Then you weigh out seventy percent of the weight of the of the uh, uh, flour in water, and then you pour that in and you mix it just so all the flour is not, you know, all the flour is done and make this sort of tacky, sticky dough. Yeah. Then you cover that really tightly with plastic wrap and you let it sit on your counter for 12 up to 18 hours. Okay. Right. Then you take that after the 12 to 18 hours and you throw it in your refrigerator and let it sit for three to five days. Okay. Uh-huh. Then you take it out. You gently sort of scoop it out of the bowl that you've got it in. You put it on a nice floured surface, cover it with a floured tea towel. If you don't flour the tea towel, the bread's really wet. It's going to soak into the towel and it's going to make the towel stick. So you have to really flour the tea towel and the surface well. Okay. Uh huh. Then you, then you let that sit for two to four hours. All right, it's going to sort of spread out a little bit. It's going to warm up. It's not going to be as chill and it's not going to be as firm. It's going to be very soft. After the two to four hours of letting it sit, you're going to turn on your oven, put a Dutch oven in there. You know what a Dutch oven is, yep, right? I have a Dutch oven. Okay. Put your Dutch oven in there, preheat the oven to 450. All right. Then you take your Dutch, when your oven is preheated, you take your Dutch oven out of the oven, take the top off, and put the bread in the Dutch oven, put the top on, and put it back in the 450-degree oven for 15 minutes. Uh-huh. 15 minutes pass. You take off the top of the Dutch oven. You put the rest of it back in the oven with no top on for another about half an hour. Depending on the size of the loaf, it can be half an hour. It can be as much as 45 minutes. After about half an hour... You check the temperature, the internal temperature with a probe thermometer. You want it to be about 209 degrees. If it hits 209 degrees, you take it all out of there. You get the bread out. You put it on a rack to cool. Wait half an hour, and it's done. All right. So I need to get a lot of stuff. I need to scale. Well, you need to get instant yeast. Yeah. You need to get bread flour. I assume you have salt. Yeah. I assume you have a, a Dutch oven. Yeah. Because I remember you saying you bought a Dutch oven. Yeah. And I assume you have a stove. I have that. I don't have a scale. I don't have an instant oh, read yeah. thermometer. Yeah, you definitely need a scale. You, when you're, if you're making bread, I mean, generally with pastry in general, you want to have a scale because it's really exact. The, 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 the idea that, that pastry is a, and, and baking is a science 
uh, more than like a feel thing is absolutely 100% correct. Sure. So you need it to be weighed out. Everything is much better when you weigh it out. I mean, I could find whatever the cup averages are, but it's everything's going to be slightly different. Yeah. Um, so it may not turn out, you know, the, the, as far as the consistency goes. But it's, it's actually really simple. It's just about time. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, and then before you throw it in the oven, the, before you put it in the Dutch oven the, uh, uh, and put it in the oven, you cut some slashes into it, just like two or three slashes into it with a razor blade. Oh, I gotta get razor just blades. When it, oh, you gotta get a razor blade too. <laughs> yeah, or a sharp Can I knife. use an electric you have a razor? Sharp knife? Huh? Yeah, I have a sharp knife. Yeah, so use a sharp knife. Okay. All right, there you go, guys. Get rich with that bread. It was good. That, was, that wasn't the story I thought you were gonna tell. Tell though. What What you thought, think I was gonna tell? Well, we had discussed the story you were going to tell. <laughs> Josh is the thing that every time we talk about, do you have a story? And he's like, oh, aren't you going to tell? doesn't matter what the topic is. That time uh, we did blah, 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 and then crapped your pants. So that is Noel trying to cover for the fact that he worked at a bakery at one point and <laughs> crapped his pants while he was reaching for a loaf of bread. Hey, I have an active pant crapper in the house. Yeah, so you're. You, I don't know why you're so embarrassed about crapping your pants. People, no, I wouldn't. I'd be like, it's a family activity. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. What do you guys and, do together? We just and, we, we hang out and we crap our pants. Yeah, you and your son. Your Nan doesn't. She's disgusted by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, the baby I understand, but you know yeah. you, and you're like, woman, change our diapers. Yeah, die, die. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Noel, you did it. You 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 told everyone what the topic was. Oh. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Did I say it? Yeah, I don't think I said it. I think oh. I alluded to it. What's the topic, Noel? The topic today is bread. That's right. How to get rich with it, how to sandwich your way to the top. All right, Noel, tell us about bread. All right, guys, bread. Uh, it is, as they say... A staple, right? Uh, it's widely consumed. Through history, it has been uh, considered. It's written into the Magna Carta of uh, how pure the bread has to be, how much the weights have to be, because bread has been a cornerstone of human existence, like basically forever since they, you know, first made it. Um you know, prisoners, what do they give them? Bread and water, you know? Uh, everything is about the bread. Uh, but as time goes on, we're kind of loosening our bind with bread. You know, people are more concerned about carbs. Gluten. Gluten, people are concerned about. <laughs> Uh, and and slowly but surely, mankind's relationship with bread is slipping. You know, uh, I like bread, and and I and I'm eating more bread than ever now that this freaking uh, quarantine's been going on. Uh, especially oh. since you know when uh, Nam was pregnant, she wanted a very starchy diet. Uh, and 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 one by one, things that were nauseating her were getting knocked off the list. And by the end, we had a diet of basically bread, potatoes, and rice. Oh, that's my dream. <laughs> uh, so uh, so 
I've been more acquainted with bread, and we've actually had bread in the house lately, but even living with a bread-loving Ecuadorian, in normal times, we don't have loaves of bread. And the reason is, and the reason I never had bread before that, I can't use it in time for it to go bad, right? Uh, You know, how many sandwiches is one person going to eat to go through a loaf of bread before it goes bad? That's bananas. Uh, And it's not just me. I read one fact. I don't have it in front of me here. But it it was saying about um, in France. France uh, eats a lot of bread. Mm -hmm. And they, at the turn of the 20th century, they had three loaves of bread per person per day, they averaged. Jesus Christ. By 1970... They averaged one loaf of bread per person per day. I'm mm-hmm. guessing they mean baguette. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different... They make several different types of bread. Yeah. And and by... Uh, a few, the, the article I had read was a few years old. And by, by that writing of that, which I think was 2015, uh, they were down to a half a loaf of bread a day per person. Which is interesting because if you ever go to France, Mm -hmm. you can't walk around a neighborhood. Every other street, there's a boulangerie. Sure. Fresh bread all day, every day. Well, and when you think about it, half a loaf of bread per person per day is still quite a bit of bread. It's a lot of bread. Right? That would be Nan and I going through a loaf a day. That'd be you and Deb going through a loaf a day. Well, we go through, every time I make bread, we pound that fucker before the day's (laughs) over. Like we, we just, it's like, you can't stop. You know, there was a law back in, in London, in England, in world war two uh-huh. that, uh, said that the rationing laws in world war two in, in England prohibited the sale of freshly baked bread because the tastiness of just baked bread is likely to encourage people to eat it immoderately. Bread had to be at least 24 hours before old, before it was sold. Really? Where was that? In England. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of England, um, their their bread consumption's down. Um, in 2016, 34% of Brits reported eating sliced bread at least once a day. Mm-hmm. In 2014... It was 47%. Wow. Uh, And uh, a few years before that, it was like 75%. Everyone is watching the bread. Everyone. Except for apparently Turkey. They love bread. I read something. I I looked up uh, who eats the most bread. Turkey was the most. And it was something absurd. (laughs) It was something like 400 pounds of bread per person a year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah, dude. It was crazy. I mean, it must be pita at every meal. Uh, it must be. But that's a lot of pita. That's a lot of pita. Yeah. Or a lot of bread, period. Whatever other types of bread they eat. Yeah. Uh, what, what Serbia, I think, was after them. Uh, and they were like 300 
pounds of bread per person per year. I have two uh, uh, clients, they're sisters from Serbia, and they hate bread. Really? Yeah. They live right next door to a bagel shop mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, and they're friendly with the bagel guys, and the bagel guys don't like throwing their bread away at the end, their bagels at the end of the day, so they just give them bagels. And every day they don't know, they have all these bagels that they don't know what to do with. They just throw them out or give them to homeless people. Okay, well, that's good. At least they give them to homeless people. Yeah. Um. So you guys, you know, and and I'm sure everyone out here personally can see their bread consumption dropping. But we all do like bread. But who wants to go out and buy that loaf of bread? You know, there, there's a reason that they said the best thing since sliced bread. When bread sliced bread first came out it was what was it It was like mid 20th century or something like that right 1928 yeah uh it was within a few years something like 80 percent of the bread sold was sliced Mm -hmm. how do we make an innovation like that how do we make the thing that's going to put bread back in everyone's hands Right. What, what is it that we need? Well, we need bread that isn't going to go bad by the time you eat it. Right. Yeah. And this is just an easy one. This is well, I actually have two two things here based on the same thing. I'll, I'll give the lamer one first. OK. Uh, even though we don't eat a lot of bread, everyone and I'm probably all our listeners all have a toaster on their on their counter. Right. Yeah. So what you can do is you can make a uh, a toaster sized device that's really a bread machine that fresh bakes two slices of bread, just two slices, two slices of bread, and toast them at the same as well. Sure, toast them, pops them right out for you. That seems perfect, right? Um, but the real money maker, the real uh, the one that's gonna get you where you're going as i was going through the fridge the other day and uh we had a lot of stuff that had uh gone past its prime in the fridge that i had to kind of clean out um and we for one we we tend to sometimes buy cheese faster than we eat it Mm -hmm. right uh we'll get it we'll eat a bunch of it and then there'll be new exciting cheese in the fridge before that other thing's completely gone, right? So we end up with all these like little odds and ends of bits of cheese that go bad. But you know what doesn't go bad? You know what sits there and outlasts everything and slowly but surely always gets completely used? Eggs. No, we're still talking cheese, oh. my friend. Oh, we're still talking cheese. It is what? two two, two of them. It's Three. The mini Bond Bells. Oh, okay. Right? Always stay good. Mm-hmm. And kind of a uh, more industrial take on that, the craft slices. I mean, for I don't want to be uh, uh, rude to your cheese tasting, mm-hmm. your tasting cheeses, but, you know, Mini Bombell is pretty industrial. Yeah, but but not as industrial as American cheese. That is true. Well, right? that's because American cheese is just is oh, oil. We we have good cheese in there right now. We've got some good uh, some good Roquefort. We got hey, some fresh mozzarella. 
We've got to, uh, all sorts of good cheeses. You don't have to de- defend your shitty taste in food. I'm just saying the ones that never go bad. I'm just saying the fact that you guys really like that soup doesn't mean as much to me now. <laughs> um, yeah, they're Ecuadorian. They may have just liked it because it gave them diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but so this is what you're going to do. You're going to make the new revolution in bread uh, the best thing since sliced bread, sure. But nowadays, the best thing since slices of bread that don't go bad because they're wrapped like an individual slice of American cheese. And you can buy, you can buy single pieces of bread. You can buy two pieces of bread that are wrapped enough for one sandwich. Uh, right? Who wouldn't go out and buy? Fresh bread, good bread, a dollar fifty for two slices. I I really like that idea. Actually, I do like the idea even better though that it'd be like the baby bells where Where's they're wax. individually wax wrapped. <laughs> yeah, and you have to pull the little string to open them up and split it in half to get your your uh, your your piece of bread out of there. Yeah, yeah, but that's the idea. Indi- individually wrapped slices of bread. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, I was reading one of the things I saw was uh, they're apparently making bags for bread that are made out of cinnamon. Okay. Because cinnamon is an anti-mold agent. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they're making it. It doesn't, I don't think it smells like cinnamon. So, you know, I would imagine that cinnamon raisin bread would probably last much longer okay. than other breads. But you're not making a salami sandwich with cinnamon raisin bread. No, I'm not saying you should, but I'm just talking about, I was just sort of surprised about, I didn't know that, and they're making bags out of it now, so soon you will have an anti-mold aging ba- agent bag made out of cinnamon. Yeah. That's all. Um, so, you know, you were talking about bread and how people aren't eating a lot, and that's very true. But I will say during this pandemic... Since you didn't do a lot of shopping in the stores yourself, you may not have been aware of the fact that <clears throat> there was runs on flour. Yeah. There were runs on yeast um, to the point where every place, every market you go into now that carries bread flour, that carries, you know, specific flours, that carries yeast, limits the amount that a person can buy. That's how popular baking got. Um, and people have realized that baking bread is not that hard, especially with no need recipes. Like I showed you, it's not that it's not, doesn't take that much work and is not that time consuming in terms of the time it takes you to actually, the time you actually have to put in to making your bread. And the thing is, though, people like convenience, yeah. right? And I was looking up about self-rising flour. Mm-hmm. And self-rising flour has a somewhat interesting history. It was invented by an English baker in 1844. He got a patent on it and uh, uh, eventually sold his invention to the British Navy. Because the idea was is the only bread they had on board ships at that time was what was known as hardtack, 
which was these super thick, hard as rock crackers. But they just lasted forever. They never went bad. And what he had hoped to do was to be able to have like a freshly baked soft tack that was available on the ships. And with the self-rising flour, they could buy the self-rising flour and do it. And he eventually got that on the ships. So he made a ton of money. Then he eventually applied for and received an American patent for the flour making process. Mm -hmm. And from that point, started the age of dry mixes, right? Self-rising flour is in any uh, box mix that you see, whether it be pancakes, whether it be cakes, whether it be biscuits, whatever it is, self-rising flour is in there. Okay. Multi-billion dollar industry. But you know what's in self-rising flour? Baking soda, probably. Flour, baking soda, and salt. Okay. That's all it is. That's all it is. If you wanted to save yourself some money, you would just take flour, baking soda, and salt and mix it together, and you've made your own self-rising flour. Well, I started to think about what about yeast, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I came up with a couple ideas based on this. How do we deal with the fact that we're running out of yeast in this country? Well, all yeast is, is an organism that's floating around in the air we breathe every single day. Uh huh. These mothers, have you heard about a mother? Do you know what a mother is? No. So a mother is also known as a sourdough starter. Oh, okay. People trade them around. People send their friends starters that they can use. And it's basically wild yeast that's caught and then kept alive, and they just keep feeding the mother over and over, and then they use part of the mother to make their next bread. And then they use part of the mother to make, mother to make their next bread. So this is what you're going to do. These are the two things you're going to do, because making a mother, all you need are flour and water, right? But people, and then a couple days, but people think they need to buy a mother from a bakery that they need to buy, get a mother sent to them from their friend who's the bread baker. So you're going to sell self-yeasting mothers. Just add water, right? Do you know what a mother, if you were to make a mother at home, uh-huh. all you would use is flour and water. So what you're going to do is sell flour and call it self-yeasting flour, just add water. People are going to go crazy. (laughs) Okay. They're going to be like, we don't need to buy yeast anymore. I can make my own mother at home with this self-yeasting flour. And they're going to start buying this shit up, and they're going to be making their own mothers at home, not knowing that all it is is regular fucking flour. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So that's one. The second one is another self-yeasting bread, where you actually just put yeast in the bread, in the flour, and you sell it as self-yeasting bread or just add water bread mix. And people will just add water to it, mix it up, and boom, they've got their bread made and ready to go. Okay. So that's, that's it, man. That's all people care about. That's great. That's yeast. good. They just need to be made to think that it's easier. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, li- I like it. Uh, hey, you guys, if you want to uh, lay down some cash to Josh for that idea, you can. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Knoll show page. Hit the sponsor button from that page and pledge an amount. Half that money will go to Josh and I. Half that money will go to Radio Free Brooklyn. If you're like, no, I am gluten intolerant and that was hate speech to me, uh, you you uh, can diss Josh in the way that hurts him the most. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com or .org uh, and from the main page hit the sponsor button and pledge an amount. All that money will then go to Radio Free Brooklyn, not a nickel to Josh or I. Uh, you get to feel like a champ because uh, you helped out uh, community radio. And uh, you get to put a little message saying, like, screw you, Josh. That bread hurts my stomach. Um, and Josh will get that message. He will cry. He will cry. Uh, all- you get a tax mm-hmm. break because Radio Free Brooklyn's a 501c3 charitable organization. Um if uh, you want to help in other ways, you can, or get involved in other ways, you can uh, subscribe to the newsletter. You can download the app, Android or iOS. You can listen to the station live or get all our archives for all our shows from that. Uh, or you guys, just give us some money, right? Give Radio Free Brooklyn some money. We need it. We need, uh, uh, times are tight right now, I'm sure with you too, but come on. Radio Free Brooklyn. If you like these shows, keep them going. Uh, and and if you uh, one thing we're trying to push right now, if you buy stuff on Amazon, uh, I'm sure everyone knows about the whole Amazon Smile shtick, right? Uh, you can go to Am- smile.amazon.com and you can give a charity and a small piece of the money you spend. You don't spend anything extra, but Amazon gives a small piece of what you spend to a charity, and you can pick Radio Free Brooklyn. If that's too tricky for you, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org uh, and hit the link. They've got a link just to set it up for you. Um, thanks, guys. And as thanks for listening to all our shticks, Josh takes it upon himself. to every, every week we've got a topic, and from that topic we give you so many ideas to get you so disgustingly rich not enough for josh he's like no we need to thank them more so he goes out and he finds another mini topic to get you even more rich so mr josh please take it away the get rich quick tip of the week brought to you by radio free brooklyn Moving money in creative ways to circumvent negative outcomes is an art form that extends well beyond small-time criminals and involves billionaires, investment banks, and entire government. Today's more discerning billionaire demands their money have more international mobility. In fact, a majority of money laundering taking place today is not to cover revenue from some shady business. It is instead just to get money out of nations that are a little bit more controlling over people's fortunes. Run your money through a casino. Pay a travel agent $100 million for an all-inclusive package holiday. Sounds pretty steep, right? But wait till you hear the inclusions. A private jet flight to Macau, a massive private hotel suite, all the Portuguese egg tarts you could eat, and included in this package just so happens to be $100 million worth of poker chips. How convenient. Now you can have a grand old time playing cards with these chips, but... 
you just have to use them at least once. So you play a few hands of Baccarat, you win some, you lose some, and eventually you're probably going to come out with more or less what you started with. When your vacation is over, the casino will ask you how you want to settle your chips. And most people will answer in US dollars, please. There you go. And then you go to some, you do it in some place like Macau, where they have very lenient tax rates, and you put it in the bank there and you're good to go. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one, dude. Can I give you some sweet facts yeah. about sliced bread sure. or about bread in general? I love sweet facts. So I told you about the uh, freshly baked bread. Uh, do you know where the term upper crust comes from? Uh, from the top of the bread. That's right, because back in the 1600s, when you'd bake the bread, it would be on the bottoms of stone ovens, and they would become dirty from ash and soot on the bottom. And so that would get thrown away, or the poor people would have to eat that, while the wealthy people only ate the upper crust. Oh. Uh, as we referred to, as you mentioned, sliced bread was only invented in 1928. But prior to that, you could still buy regular bread in the supermarket bagged up like we know it to be now. Um, once sliced bread was invented, they referred to it as the best thing since bagged bread. <laughs> Uh, and there you go. There's just a few little facts. Yeah, I, I have a li another little fact about sliced bread. Uh-huh. Is that the uh, the two-slice toaster that everyone mm -hmm. has existed before sliced bread. Really? Yeah. Everyone's probably so, like, I don't get it. And then one day they slice bread and they're like, ah. Well, I think people were slicing bread. <laughs> it was just pr not pre-sliced. They never even no. dreamt. They were just... They would just take it and just take big bites out of it. Two loaves with you a piece of ham in the pass middle. Pass the loaf around and yeah. everyone would take a big hunk bite out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an actual fact that I heard before. Uh, uh -huh. It's a bit tertiary to, to, to bread itself. But um, in Britain, a sandwich, you, you used to be able to get uh, a sandwich mm -hmm. or a cheese sandwich. A sandwich was ham. Okay. And a cheese sandwich was ham and cheese. Okay. The ham was just unspoken. Ham was in a sandwich. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, it's a laugh riot, uh, but we're back to making money now. Serious, serious business. Uh, you So, you know... As we're talking about bread and society and humanity are so entwined, right? Bread is, uh, if you're raised Catholic or Christian, right? The the body of Christ, right? Um, it's in so it's in our religions. Uh, the word companion comes from the Latin meaning uh, com, which means with, and penis which means bread, right? The one you share your bread with. Um, we, we I thought it meant remember hanging between your legs. <laughs> your pants? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we talk about breaking bread with people, right? Ooh, yeah. Uh, there's some societies that if you walk in their door, they give you bread and a little salt shaker. Uh, and that is 
the sign of welcome to our home. Uh, bread truly is wrapped up with our humanity. And like our humanity, uh, we've been neglecting it as of late. Uh, right? The more monsters we get, the less bread we've been eating. Um, but if there's going to be one, actually, if there's going to be two lasting effects from this uh, pandemic, one is people aren't going to want to touch each other for a while. Uh, and the other one is bread is back, my friend. It is. <laughs> bread is back. People love it. You know what? I bet you if you were to look through your Facebook friends or whatever, uh, the same freaking people that a year ago were whining about their gluten intolerance uh, now are, are showing pictures of the bread that they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Because it's, it's all the rage. Just like gluten intolerance was the rage, now it's back to bread, back to basics. Uh, so we do know that. Bread's back. And as I said, we also know that uh, th- th- there's only so much of it people are going to want to eat. Maybe after the quarantine's over, people are going to get a little less crazed about the bread because there'll be a little more to do in their lives other than cook and eat. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right? So so bread will, will be put a little bit more back in its place, but it's not going to go away the way it was before this, right? People have rekindled their love of it. Uh, and we do know that people don't want to touch each other, right? Uh, people aren't going to want to walk up and I, I, I wonder how long it's going to be till people walk up and, uh, just hugs, hug people, um, shake their hands. How long it's going to be till people walk up and start spitting in people's faces again. Well, that'll, that'll happen sooner. Those days. That'll happen much sooner. I think it's been happening. Yeah. Uh, but, but the actual shaking of hands, the hugging, that's not coming back soon. Right. And as we said, uh, people like to break bread together. They like to companion with people, companus with their fellow people. Um, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to give people some of that bread that they want, some of the bread that they've rekindled their love for. You're going to return a sense of community. You're going to return a sense of civility to people. Uh, And what you're going to make are tiny little bread boxes, maybe the size of a lighter, the size of a a deck of cards maybe, right? And people are going to put that in their pocket, and they're going to have bread in there, super thin bread, right? Maybe something like uh, an... Ethiopian injera bread, the the super flat flat bread, uh, maybe like you know pita bread when it separates and you've got just the one paper thin piece, maybe mm-hmm. even matzah bread or something like that. Flour tortillas uh, or tortilla maybe, yeah, yeah, bad thinner than a tortilla I would think, uh, but whatever it is you're gonna make maybe a crepe right a, a paper thin crepe. And you're uh-huh. basically going to make pads of bread that people carry in these bread boxes. And when they meet a friend, oh. when they meet a business partner, when they when they meet someone that they want to give a, a, a true hello to, but they don't want to touch them, they don't want to hug them, they don't want to share germs or viruses with this person, what they do is they pull out their little bread box out of their pocket. 
They open it up and pull off a little a, a sheet of bread and break bread with that person, and they each eat a little piece of bread, and you can make a sensation that will catch, and everyone will want to do it. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Yeah, why don't you just why don't they you just uh, have them use communion wafers? You could do that too. You could use communion wafers, nice and small, and you could just break a piece off. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a big boom to the communion wafers. You know, as more and more you're seeing more and more, especially in this Catholic church is closed. You know, property being sold off, yeah. so the uh, Vatican can enrich itself even more than it's already enriched itself. Uh, you know, the guys who make communion wafers got to be running, running a little low, running yeah. a little low on cash is what I'm saying. I bought some uh, communion wafers on eBay one time for non, non like non blessed ones. So just the, the, the wafers themselves. I imagine they're all, they come non blessed and then the priest and the, the parish priests will bless them during the know. mass. What? During mass. Yeah. I was forced to take communion once. Oh, really? Yeah, as a Jew, that was probably not a good thing. Why? Um, because I don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God, and I don't believe that was his body or his blood. Okay. And I'm not baptized. You can't take the communion. My my scout leader forced me to take the communion well, when I was like eight or nine years old. If you don't believe walking under a ladder is bad luck, then it's saying like I was forced to walk under a ladder. Who cares? I do believe walking under a ladder is bad luck. Okay. Did I ever tell you the story about the time I walked under a ladder and then I got chased by three guys and turned my head and then turned my head around and got smashed right in the face by, you know how dumpsters have the arm, those little arms oh, on them that get no. Yeah, I had turned around. I was being chased by two guys and I turned my head back around to make see if they were still behind me and I spun my head forward and I smashed my whole front lip. That sounds very painful, dude. It was really painful. Blood everywhere. Ugh. In my bottom two teeth. Ugh. I had to get them pulled when I was a kid. Wow. Before my, before my grown-up teeth came in, thankfully. And those and guys were going to beat you up and like just like, oh, I guess he did our job for us? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there happened to be guys, you know what, it actually did sort of save my ass if I think about it because... Uh -huh. It was on like this, I don't remember if it was a boat site or a construction site or something like that. No one was giving a shit about us till I did that. And then I burst into blood everywhere and started screaming. And then suddenly all these guys sort of came around me to help me out. Uh -huh. So the guys who were chasing me had to stop chasing me. Yeah, well, th what are they going to do, beat you up after that? Well, exactly. That's my point. And I was, I was a little kid. I mean, yeah. I was, like I said, eight, nine years old, something in that range when that happened. But I, 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 don't, I do believe that if you go under a, uh, a ladder, it's bad luck. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. So don't mock my beliefs. I'm not mocking you. I'm just Fuck saying you. It, if you Fuck don't believe you, in man. it, then, then it's not a big deal to have had it. Whatever. It might be a big deal to someone else that you had it and didn't believe it. But to you, you shouldn't care. Hey, no, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. You ever hear Babyfoot? No. Babyfoot foot peels? No. The babyfoot foot peels are the hot new trend in beauty. Okay. Basically what it is, we just did this recently. It's kind of crazy. <clears throat> They've gone viral all over the interweb because 
what it is, is it's a chemical peel for your feet. And it comes into like a plastic booty. And you slide your foot in there. And there's this gooey stuff that gets all over your foot and between your toes and on the top of your feet. And you let it sit there for an hour. And then you rinse it off. And then about three to five days later, your foot starts to peel like a snake. Ugh. Has acids that get in there and exfoliate and basically break the bonds between the dead skin layer and the dead skin cells and the new skin uh, underneath. Okay. And it's your skin starts to bubble up. You should really look this up. I could actually share it. Well, I'll, sh- I'll show you later. But it's really incredible. It sells for like $20 a pair. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was looking up things to do with bread besides eat it. Okay. Right. And it's another way to use up old bread. And I read all these things that it's really sort of interesting. Uh, people use uh, soft bread slices for picking up tiny pieces of broken glass. Uh, it's good if you've got like uh, artwork, uh, especially like oil paintings that are worth a lot of money and you want to clean dust off of them, the texture of like a soft white bread, like a Wonder Bread, mm-hmm. is perfect for using on, on, on things like that. Um, it is for getting rid of splinters uh, and ingrown hairs. Uh, what you do is you take a, a, a bit of bread, uh, soak it in milk, tape it over the area that has the splinter or the uh, the ingrown hair and it pulls the splinter out and it pulls all of the ingrown hair up and you can then like if it's an ingrown hair you can pop it mm-hmm. and get the ingrown hair out but what you can do with stale bread and apple cider vinegar is you soak the stale bread in apple cider vinegar and then wrap, slap it on the bottom of your foot and wrap it up in saran wrap. Let it sit for an hour or two. Um, and then by the, ne- or actually you let it sit overnight and by the next morning your callus will be gone. Ugh. Which is essentially what the baby foot is doing, but quicker. So what I'm going to suggest you do is market this. Sell packages of stale slices of bread with booties and properly pre-measured amounts of apple cider vinegar. And you just pour the apple cider vinegar into the stale bread booties, slip Mm -hmm. your feet in and say in one day and you will trash baby foots marketing. You will trash baby foots reputation. You'll be known as the instant exfoliation of the feet guys and And you can say like chemical free yeah you can absolutely say it's chemical free it's not acid free but it is chemical free um and you will make millions and millions of dollars off of that yeah 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 huge and you could just have little bread bags yeah there you go you can you can call it the best thing since bread bread excellent point excellent point Noel. yeah so there you go you could call it Wonder Feet. Oh, look at that. Killing it. You're killing it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. 
<laughs> pretty pretty good at this stuff. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Even with the long break. Yeah. Uh I would do you think anyone actually listened to that show last week? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I went I, I went to go on uh, uh megaphone just to see. Uh-huh. And uh, I couldn't get in, so I oh. have no idea who listened to that show. Okay, did, I, did, did you see my uh, my what, what I said about the show? No, the I blurb? didn't. Where did you Where did you put it? I, I, on, on the blurb uh, of when you download it, like the description. Let me try and find it for you, because I <laughs> I think you'll appreciate the blurb I put. <laughs> uh, so last week, uh, if anyone didn't hear, we're not encouraging you to download that show necessarily because <laughs> it, it was our first show back in a while. I had been through a lot. The world had been through a lot. We hadn't recorded in a while. So we were just didn't have a topic and just yabbered on uh, trying to remember how to do things. Oh, did we yabber? Yeah. So it, it, it maybe not the best show. We, it, we, we just wanted to do it to get back on our feet, right? Uh, so, so this is, we called it rambling, uh, and the blurb I put for it is get rich with rambling. Probably not. <laughs> uh, Noel just had a baby and the world's coming part of the seams. Josh and Noel spend this episode chatting on about everything and trying to remember how to do a show. Not our best, but at least we're back. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Truth That's and a perfect description of that show. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. If, if yeah. anyone likes just listening to us ramble. Uh, oh yeah, that's the show for you. It's the one. That is the one. Yeah. And hey, if you know, it turns out people like that. Drop us a line. Let us know. Yeah, we'll just we'll just do more aimless just talking. I mean, we're good at that. Yeah. We didn't even have clips, so there was no interruption to our talking. No, I I had made clips too. Uh huh. But I had they got saved to the wrong place, and I couldn't find them. Yeah, and we had audio problems. <laughs> oh, did we? Yeah. Like, did they show up in the show? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> You're like, I couldn't listen. To I, I, I listened to little bits, but I was like, uh, I, I how much is this going to listen thing. to? Uh, you guys, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us what a bad show that was, what a good show this was, what a good show that was, what a bad show this is, anything you want to tell us, you can get us on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. Uh, you can email us at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. You can get us on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go on iTunes or anywhere you download a podcast and uh, subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening to us and you haven't at this point, come on. It's embarrassing for yourself. Um, if you only listen to us in podcast form, we implore you, tune in Saturday nights, 8 o'clock, Radio Free Brooklyn. Get the schemes five days for anyone else. Uh, tune in a little early. Listen to Art Star Scenes. Stick around afterwards. Listen to The Circuit. Uh, just in general, you guys, if you're not listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, you're missing out. There's probably some really good shows that you would like. It's freeform radio. So basically, people propose shows. If we like the idea, we put it in. We try to group things of a similar nature together. Uh, try to have music most like weekday evenings and things like that. So uh, it, it aids in one show to another crossover. But uh, there's a lot of different stuff. There's a lot of really good stuff. Uh, listen, you guys, listen. Uh, you got a lot of money in your pocket at this point. What are you going to do with it? As Josh said before, he found a way for you to not have to worry about it. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away.
Before Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt couldn't see eye to eye, the couple must have had some memorable Christmases. One such Christmas may have been in 2012, when Jolie bought Pitt his very own waterfall in California. As he's born on December 18th, it's said it was also for his birthday. According to news sources, the former Fight Club alter ego had always dreamed of a home with the sound of a waterfall cascading under the house. He got what he wanted that year. It's reported that it cost Jolie around $1.6 million. There you go. You can buy a house with its own waterfall. Yeah. For $1.6 million. Yeah. You probably also get that Hugh Hefner mansion for cheap, too. That's oh, got a waterfall, doesn't it? Here, it's pretty run down. In the grotto. Yeah, that grotto. I. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, I, you probably got to, like nuke it to get the, rid of the herpes in that. Yeah, I, I just can't even imagine. No. And it's got to be like, like, you know, grade A level herpes oh, that yeah. survived all of that chlorine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been like, it's it, it's been bred into the super herpes. You guys, yeah. we know our ideas are great. We know that they're going to get you rich. We know that if we were you, you should just take out some loans, Borrow some money from friends, rack up your credit cards, spend your kids' college funds. How do you know that your ideas are as good, though? It's because Josh and I scour the internet. What's Josh? Who's me? Who's kidding who? Uh, scours the internet for rules of getting rich quick, to which we judge our schemes by. Josh, where do our rules come from this week? Uh, today's rules, 10 rules of becoming rich from everything finance. Boom. Rule number one, give yourself a raise. Yeah. Give yourself a raise, a little self-yeasting flour. That's right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And rule number two, be charitable. Be Ties chari- 10% to charity. What? What is it? Be charitable. Tithe 10% to charity. Oh, come on. That's our show in a nutshell, guys. Exactly. Uh, and number three. Number three. Have fun. Have fun. Right? Get back out there. Hang out with your friends. Don't hug them. Don't shake their hands. Just pull out your little mini bread box out of your pocket. Pull out a wafer of bread and break it with them and then go on your merry way. So, Noel, that looks like we're three for three on those rules. So we're definitely getting rich. So once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. Back gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. 